2: In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It is always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Hope you had a Merry Christmas and get ready for a happy, healthy new year. We are brought to you by our good friends at Smiley One and Bryant, Northeast Ohio's premier heating and cooling service. All right, Daryl, so um, we are in a, a great state. Uh, hopefully a whiteout on Thursday night as the Browns take on the Jets. Uh, There are so many good storylines in this game, but the biggest one is win and you are in.
1: Yeah, it's uh, the first time really since uh, the team came back. Well, no, okay, let's go 2002. They beat the Atlanta Falcons, but then they had to sit around uh, until like seven, eight o'clock at night to find out whether or not they were able to get into the playoffs at nine and seven. So this is really the first, win-and-in scenario for Browns fans with a capacity crowd. Um, remember, in 2020, uh, they won the season finale, but there were only 6,000 fans in the stands uh, because right. of COVID. So uh, this will be the first time that uh, fans can actually enjoy a playoff-like atmosphere at Cleveland Browns Stadium. They're on the lakefront since the team came back. Uh, as you mentioned, it's uh, the team has asked for a whiteout. They're going to be wearing the all-white uh, uniforms, the helmet, the 1946 uh, throwback jersey, and of course white pants. And so they want fans to participate uh, and uh, you know wear white. There's also I guess something uh, with the the team app or something to light up the stadium or whatever. Uh, they do a pretty good job with those primetime games. It's usually pretty cool when you <clears throat> they turn out all the lights in the stadium and everyone's got you know got their their phones out and they got the light going and and things like that. So they're going to I guess be doing something. Uh, special there but uh, I did have to laugh Andy on on Tuesday when Kevin Stefanski basically had to remind Browns fan not to get too lit for the game so that they would be (laughs) so that they would be uh, shall we say or as he put it available in the fourth quarter when they're needed the most so (laughs) he had to in his own way remind fans yeah let's not get too bleep-faced before the game here, so that you're at full capacity come the fourth quarter. But it should be an exciting atmosphere. I mean, look, we we've had the World Series here, right? We we know mm-hmm. what the field is like uh, in those moments. We've obviously had the NBA Finals and seen the Cavaliers win an NBA championship. Uh, we know what Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse is like in those moments, right? Uh, mm-hmm. th- I think this is gonna be the first time uh, Browns fan gets you know gets pretty loud, and we we've had that in small increments uh, at that stadium, but I think this is the first time where we're going to get it for all four quarters. Should be a real exciting atmosphere.
2: You know, to celebrate this game before we even got to it, you 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 started thinking, or you just brought up like a great memory in my mind of playoff atmosphere. just I just remember going back to 86 and being at the game when the Browns beat the Jets. Mark Gaston had a personal fall at the end of the game, and then that would propel the Browns into the AFC Championship that year. And I think about that game against yeah. the Jets. And it's interesting that you bring that. Then I watched Hot Tub Time Machine uh, yesterday, too, just to make sure that the Browns.
1: John Elway did not complete that touchdown pass.
2: <laughs> yeah, that that led to other things in the movie. But I just started, yes. you started thinking about that. But uh, again, like, like the movie Major League, that might be one of the greatest moments in Browns history. Came from the movie Hot Tub Time Machine. I, unfortunately, I'm the only guy that ever brings that up or remembers that. All right, so the Browns have some things going on, though, going into this game. Daryl, who's punting? Who's kicking?
1: Uh, Well, it doesn't seem like it's going to be the regulars, unfortunately. (laughs) Uh, So, And and this is a domino effect. So Dustin Hopkins uh, injured his left hamstring while trying to chase down the 98-yard kickoff return for a touchdown.
2: Did we learn a lesson on that? Like, should kickers just not even bother?
1: Well, no, because they are football players and, you know – it...
2: You don't want to go in the locker room and say, hey, dude, you just you laid wow. down on that. I get that. I understand yeah. both of it. There's but a, man, there's a... I, give him the seven at that point, because when I saw Hopkins running, I was like, oh, boy. And especially what... because it's
1: on that it's on that terrible turf, right? Yes,
2: yes, yes.
1: So he pulls his hamstring, which means Corey Bajorquez has to kick off. And then what happens? Corey Bajorquez injures his left quadriceps, kicking off. So now the domino effect, right? Um, you know, Dorian Thompson Robinson, oh, by the way, is on injury reserve. Oh, he, yeah. I forgot about that one, too. He's on he's on a crutch in the locker room Tuesday morning. And P.J. Walker now is your backup quarterback. Um, partially because, well, he got hit a, a few too many times when he, he went in. And then Joe Flacco had to go back in. So I think it was a combination. Things were slipping away a little bit, and then also. Well, too, I also,
2: although it was a 14-point game, in that, yeah, yeah. I mean, they went first-team offense and first-team defense.
1: Yeah, you had to put the starters back in, so uh, the Browns unfortunately could not properly blow a team out, uh, which kind of sucks. But it, it, at least it wasn't a uh, a, a last two-minute nail biter. So the new they, they have a new kicker, uh, and that's Riley Patterson. Um, he's got 37 games under his belt with the lions and Jaguars, uh, 58, to 66 career field goal tries 87 of 90 on PATs. He was with the lions this year, uh, uh appeared in 13 games, made 15 of 17 field goals. So that seems to be a pretty solid pick up there. And then Daryl, uh,
2: tell me how bad he is a- a outside of 50. Just say he's horrible. Say he's the worst kicker you've ever seen outside of 50 yards. Please tell me that because that is the kiss of love, not death. He sucks. Uh, <laughs> does that work for you? <laughs> yes. Let's, let's flashback. Back to when Daryl said that Dustin Hopkins couldn't hit one after 50. Oh, that was the greatest line in the history of um, it's always game day in Cleveland. You were so depressed when they brought you like, this guy can't hit one over 50. And that's all he's done since he got here. So hopefully he gets healthy to get him back for next week. Is there a possibility he can get back for next week?
1: It, I, I don't think so because Kevin Stefanski did not seem very optimistic when he was asked if he was going to be ready for uh, the playoffs. And Stefanski was like, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to have to get back to you on that one. So that, that wasn't the best of um, confidence boosters, if you will. Uh, Just so you know, in the uh, Patterson sucks from beyond 50 yards department. Yes, yes. Doesn't matter what he is. I don't care if he's in every one. He he has the exact percentage that Dustin Hopkins came to Cleveland with. 50% career make. He is three for six. So he sucks from beyond 50. There. Is that (laughs) –
2: Good job, since, good since job. I,
1: since I have, we need st- the
2: writer. We need the writer Jinx on this. That's the whole thing.
1: Well, here's the thing. I feel terrible because you know there's a segment of Browns fans that are blaming me for Dustin Hopkins injury now because
2: I'm not going to say that I wasn't thinking the same thing. <laughs> well, before. see,
1: here's the thing. I was the third person that day to approach him to talk. I was ah, not the first. Uh, I was I'll the like only it. one that was willing to actually put the video out. there. Because <laughs> yeah, Dustin but
2: if you're going into this weird world, third time's man. a charm, bro. If you're the third time,
1: I know it's on you. So- So uh, I, you know how many
2: no hitters I've, I've personally blown up. You've
1: ruined, you've ruined. Oh, I've destroyed
2: so many no hitters. I don't like to say (laughs) it. I'll be honest with you. Bob
1: Feller. Bob Feller was walking up and down the press box yelling, no hitter, no hitter, no hitter, no hitter.
2: All right. I'm going to give you the ultimate jinx story. Meredith is going to love this. I don't know if you've ever heard this story. So uh, back in the day when I was traveling with the Indians, Brian Anderson is a super friend of the show on um, CLE Talking Heads. Right. super friend of the show. So we're in Arlington, Texas, and I've got a cab and I'm sitting in front of the hotel and I'm getting ready to go over to the ballpark at Arlington at the time. And all of a sudden, Brian Anderson and um, Jake Westbrook walk out and they look at me and they go, hey, are you going to the ballpark? I'm like, yeah. He goes, come on, we'll hop, we'll share the cab. I said, OK. So yeah. all three of us get in the cab. It was my first year, I think, or second year of doing this and I finally had access to Stats, Inc., because I didn't have them when I first started. Right. And I had all these great stats <laughs> in front of me, and we were just talking about the game for a second, and I forgot that Jake was starting. And okay. uh, I was like, oh, oh man. I'm like, God, this the air is so weird here. It's so hot during the day. Man, the ball just flies out of this ballpark. I mean, I got to tell you, this stadium right now, like there's no other stadium in Major League Baseball that's surrendering more home runs
0: oh, than, man.
2: than this ballpark. <laughs> So, and Jake was totally cool about it. Never said a word about it. Didn't even think about it. Probably wasn't even listening to me when I said it. We got out of the car. And as Meredith knows, BA and I are really good friends still to this day. Our kids went to school together and stuff. And uh, he laid into me harder than anyone's ever laid into me in professional sports talking about. You can't put negative thoughts into a pitcher's head before the game. And I was like, oh, he's starting. Damn. (laughs) Damn. So I'm telling you, I spent, Daryl, I spent nine, or I think he went like seven that night, sweating bullets. He did not give up a home run that night. Oh,
1: man. And I'm I'm
2: telling you, I was sweating bullets all night thinking that it was my fault that Jake Westbrook was giving up home runs that night.
1: Well, that is like one, it's a little different. You were stuck in a cab with him, but that is the one of the uh, unwritten written rules when covering baseball. Is day of game. You do not speak to the starting pitcher in the clubhouse. It
2: depends on the pitcher, Daryl. It depends on some pitchers come out and talk. They don't care. Like Kevin Millwood was the great. Kevin was like, "Why aren't you guys talking to me? What what, yeah. what do I have? do? I have some kind of disease or something? Stay. I don't care. No, you, you don't, you're pitching tonight, bro. We're not supposed to talk <laughs> to you. Yeah, but you know what? I, that's just it's garbage. If a pitcher wants to talk, he's going to talk. Well, it's just so, this whole media fence to let you know that you. You aren't really in the club because you can't say it. You can say good luck to a pitcher on a night that he's pitching. Who cares? It's so stupid. That
1: is so dumb. So the Browns added the, – the Browns' new punter is in the name Hall of Fame, by the way. Okay. Are you ready? Yes, sure. He's quite the hack. Matt Hack! That's your new punter. <laughs> uh, and, and It is a good
2: year for kickers, though. It's a I mean, great
1: year to be a kicker. Um, I'm a huge
2: Dicker fan myself. Dicker, the kicker, is my, one yeah, of my favorites. So he's on my fantasy team as well.
1: He uh, he has a little history with Bubba Ventrone. So this is the incestuous nature of the NFL 101 here. Uh, he kicked for Bubba Ventrone last year with the Indianapolis Colts. So that's why he's here. Uh, he's got 98 career games under his belt. The average is 44 and a half yards per punt. Uh, 100 and s- uh, or I should say 16 uh, punts downed inside the the 20. Um, here's the this is here's why this stuff matters though in the course of Thursday night's game. Aside from the fact you're going to see these guys, uh-huh. it matters from a roster manipulation standpoint because you're allowed two practice squad elevations, right? For the game, while well, both of these guys were signed to the practice squad this week. Those are going to be your practice squad elevations. So you're not elevating any extra linebackers. You're not elevating (laughs) any uh, extra uh, safeties or defensive linemen or offensive linemen. You're going to have to use both of your practice squad elevations for the Jets game, not for roster depth, but... For your specialists. And I think that's subtle. Wait, so explain,
2: Daryl, I want you to explain this on the other side of the break because my dryer is squeaking. So I want to turn that off and we can get (laughs) a second take a break here for a second. Um, Explain to me that can you actually have a 55 man roster going into game days? Hold that thought. It's always game day in Cleveland. It is always game day in Cleveland. I'm going to go fix my dryer,
1: and Daryl is going to
2: tell you this important message.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yes, I am. And, by the way, no one can hear said dryer other than Andy Baskin, which makes that absolutely hilarious, by the way. Uh, Quick reminder that uh, mobile sports betting has been legal here in the state of Ohio since January. BetQL is here to help you make the most informed bets possible. Get all of today's winners by heading to betql.com or... Simply by downloading the BetQL app where you can claim a free three-day trial today, head to Beck slash news slash 923 the fan for exclusive sports book offers. And thank you, Andy Baskin for turning off a dryer that none of us could hear.
2: Oh, it was nasty screech though. It was driving me crazy. It's I got a belt issue. So my I have two belt issues. One is on my dryer. The other one is around my pants. So the other one, I can't get it.
1: See now I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to go there. It's the holiday season. I was going to be nice. Me and I mean,
2: Santa, man, just eating too much. And that's why I'm like, oh.
1: I, I, I mean, the other day, Ken Carmen's on the morning show and he's talking about caskets. And I left the double white casket joke there. I left it alone. Cause I'm like, it's the holidays. Let's not make fat jokes. Let's be nice to Ken. Like, you know, I'm, you, you I
2: secretly think Ken has lost a lot of weight in the last year. I don't know if you've noticed that or not.
1: I have not. And I saw him on Tuesday and no, I've not noticed that. <laughs>
2: Why? Because there was a burrito in his mouth. What are you talking about?
1: No, he was in the locker room doing uh, his radio network stuff.
2: All right. So, Daryl, do this. Hang on a second. Explain to me this whole up and down, uh, you know, fifty-three, fifty-five man roster. And if they needed to, if somebody got hurt and they went on the IR, then they could have to. They could sign someone to the fifty-three and elevate two off the practice squad, right?
1: Well, they're allowed two practice squad elevations, and they've been using this basically all season right. long. I mean, that's why people were going, the national people were going nuts about Joe Flacco because he was on the practice squad, but he was being elevated to start games. And you're allowed, when you're on the practice squad, you're allowed to be elevated th- up to three times to to play on uh, game days. And then after that, you revert back to the practice squad, but that's where you stay unless the unless the team signs you to the active 53. So what happened, DTR went on IR. That opened up a roster spot that meant P.J. Walker was signed from the practice squad back to the active 53. So he is now your number two quarterback behind uh, Joe Flacco. Um, and, And again, the Browns have been, you know, using their practice squad elevations outside of, you know, Joe Flacco recently to just, you know, bring up guys from the practice squad for depth. And you get two elevations. Well, this week those elevations are going to have to be your two specialists. It's going to have to be Mac Hack, as well as uh, your uh, uh, your new kicker, um, Riley Patterson. So instead of, Ooh, by adding, the
2: way, uh, go ahead. I, I have, a, I have a Riley Patterson. Instead of adding Patterson. some
1: insurance at offensive line or the linebackers or safeties or cor- whatever, now you have to basically burn both your practice squad elevations on kickers because you don't want to ir your your two current kickers okay because you want to have them possibly be available against cincinnati or in week one of the uh you know wild card weekend there um so you don't want to ir either of those guys it's a you know quad injury and a hamstring injury those things can get better over a week or two uh and also the good news is where Hopkins is concerned. That's his plant leg. It's not his kicking leg. Number one. And whereas with Bohorquez, he's a left footed punter and the quad is on his, you know, the injury is to his, uh, his kicking leg. And so um that makes things a little more complicated, I guess is the point that I'm trying to make when you're talking about trying to insulate your roster a little bit by using those two practice squad elevations. The fact that you've got to burn both of them to elevate specialists.
2: Yeah, I was going back and I was thinking about um, Patterson for a second, his Minnesota ties too, but I don't think it really connected with Kevin Stefanski at all. Yeah, no. Kevin was the, already here before that happened. So,
1: yeah, no. It, it, Hack is the one that's really, you know, really tied because he kicked for Bubba Ventrone last year uh, in, in Indianapolis. It reminds me of when Eric Mangini became the Browns head coach and he signed every New York Jet that was available. And most of the guys were like in their 40s. I'm being a little facetious there. We but did
2: get, we did kind of get competitive though. We weren't competitive before that, were we?
1: Yeah. No, At least, I
2: mean, we weren't great, but we were competitive.
1: Well, and you, you were, of, you uh, knew that was going to happen when Mangini came in. That wasn't like a big surprise. Yeah. They went from the least disciplined defense to the most disciplined. Like that. They, they led the NFL in penalties the, the last year of Ro, Romeo Cornell. And then um, they ended up, uh, having the least amount of penalties in the second year of, uh, Eric Mangini's time. Uh, Mangini, uh, had Rob Ryan for one year as his defensive coordinator. Uh, and then, um, the, or I'm sorry, he, he had Rob Ryan both years uh, as his defensive coordinator, Mel Tucker. Uh, remember him? Yeah. Uh, He was the Browns defensive coordinator. In 2008, he replaced Todd Grantham. Uh, And I'm totally cheating here and looking this up on my Browns bleep sheet because I have uh, a spreadsheet of not just all the quarterbacks that have come through Cleveland, but I've got all the coaches, the GMs, and the coordinators that have come through Cleveland over the years as well tracked. All
2: right. um, There was a moment of of like, what? Yesterday uh, when uh, when our son and my wife both said, Amari Cooper didn't practice. What I go? I'm sure they just gave him the day off.
1: They gave a lot of guys uh, the yeah. day off on Tuesday. Um, in in fact, like the. Uh, I'll go. Th- here we go. Ready? <laughs> well, let's be on. Hang on before
2: you even get it. Get to
1: it. And okay. I see you hanging. Any. I was to- gonna just read the injury report. Well, There's before- 21 names on it, Baskin. 21. Okay.
2: But if you're listening, it's just a matter of keeping those guys' bodies in normal rhythm because they would have had Tuesday off anyway, so go ahead.
1: Yeah, okay, so your did-not practices were Bohorquez, Hopkins, that's the quad and hamstring for those guys, Obo Okoronkwo with the pectoral muscle, apparently he's going to try and play with this thing, Uh, Anthony Walker had knee surgery last week, so no surprise there. Then we get into my favorite where they do the player... then they do rest, and then they put an injury next to it. So you had two players not practice due to rest, and that was Amari Cooper, who uh, I guess also has a minor heel injury that he's dealing with, and Miles Garrett also got the day off, and he's still dealing
2: with the shoulder. You saw the heel injury on the touchdown, the first touchdown. Yeah. Go back and watch it. He took two or three steps into the end zone, yeah, and then something didn't look right all of a sudden. Go ahead, next, sir.
1: Yeah, and then um, – so then – Here's the folks that were limited, and the list is long. Uh, Joel Batonio with a back and knee. Uh, Jerron Christian, shoulder. Martin Emerson Jr., ankle. Marquise Goodwin, knee. Kareem Hunt, groin. Jordan Kunashik, calf. David Njoku, rest and a knee injury. Uh, Ethan Posick, stinger. Wyatt Teller, ankle injury. And safety Juan Thornhill. Some good news there. He's back. Back on the practice field. Missed the previous three games. Uh, due to that calf injury, so good news to see that uh, Juan Thornhill returned to practice, albeit limited, on Tuesday.
2: So I I missed the part about Double O. What did you say about Double O in the front?
1: Uh, He's apparently going to – he got a second opinion, apparently, and uh, they found a doctor to tell him what he wanted to hear, and that is that he might try and come back and play. Oh, I'll take it. Won't you? I hope I, I hope it doesn't have any, you know, long-term effect on him um, and that he's able to, you know, be effective with it. Uh, Jim Schwartz a few weeks ago marveled at the fact that he basically finished that game with one arm and he was just in such pain and agony uh, while, you know, trying to tough it out and, and play through that injury. So uh, I don't anticipate seeing him against the Jets. Uh, I honestly, I wouldn't even try and play him against the Bengals just give him another two weeks to just rest and relax, and then hopefully that pectoral is, uh, I guess, a little better, to where you know he can help you in uh, in the playoffs. But uh, you know, Anthony Walker, <clears throat> that was a, a a scope, a microscopic procedure. So hopefully he's able to come back. Juan Thornhill coming back. So I don't know. May you know, considering all these injuries they've had, Andy, maybe the Calvary's coming back for the playoffs. <laughs> they'll they'll get a couple of familiar faces on on, on the field so we'll, we'll see all
2: right um let's talk we got about 60 seconds here let's talk about the white out for a second then we'll get into the playoff stuff in the last segment so the browns want fans again you you alluded to this a little bit earlier in the show the browns want fans to wear white to the game on Thursday night should be a playoff atmosphere should be super exciting because how often do you get a chance to be at home when your team has a chance to I guess, do you pop champagne when you win the wild card spot? I don't know if that happens or not, but I don't tend to see it in football very often. They anyway, will but.
1: shoot off fireworks if they clinch.
2: They will uh, shoot I, off fireworks.
1: I, I, gu- I guarantee you, if the Browns clinch Thursday night, uh, they will shoot fireworks off at First Energy Stadium. They do it that just, on every it, win, too, by
2: the way, but that's okay. It's, just letting people know. Oh, that, was the, that was the joke. Terrell, I don't know that everyone knows that, though. In fact, I I just don't know. I need to explain to people. When you work with Dr. Redpen from 10 to 2 every day. (laughs) Did you just call Jeff Dr. Redpen? He is Dr. Redpen. You cannot make a mistake. You cannot make a mistake.
1: Oh, I. You know, I need to write this down so that the next time he's in, I can call him Dr. Redpen.
2: He is Dr. Redpen. All right, speaking of pens, get yours out, because when we come back, we're going to talk playoffs, playoff scenarios, and how easy it is, we hope, with a win. It's always game day in Cleveland. It is always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Thank you to everyone who's listening to us on the Odyssey app and, of course, the folks that are watching us on YouTube, sometimes as much as 10,000-plus. We really, really, really appreciate all of you for listening to the uh, hogwash that we spill every week, at least twice a week, with the amazing producer, Meredith Kane. We want to remind you that we are brought to you by our good friends at Smiley One and Bryant, Northeast Ohio's
1: premier heating and cooling
2: systems. Daryl.
1: Are you ready now for the non convoluted?
2: Uh, I like the convoluted one. scenarios. Do you know, the convoluted one took up an entire segment on radio and people were so mad at me for doing it. I'm like, can you just give me some music? So,
1: And then the best part of that was that <clears throat> by Saturday night, because the Steelers won and the Bills. It was won, over.
0: It over. was over.
1: <laughs> Poof, just like that. All right, here we go. Here, here we go. Clinch scenarios. I'm going to. Channel my inner Jim Mora here. Playoffs. All the Browns have to do is win a game. That's right. Win it in for the Browns. That is the number one clinch scenario for the Cleveland Browns this weekend, entering Week 17. Beat the Jets, 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 and you're in. But oh. if that does not happen, and the Jets should come in here and do the unthinkable and that is perform a miracle, turn water into wine, turn 50 loaves of bread into 5,000 to feed a million. Well, here's how the Browns can still make the playoffs, even with a loss. Uh, You're very, very big fans all of a sudden of uh, anyone that is playing the Pittsburgh Steelers this weekend. Um, uh, The Steelers need to lose, uh, and uh, that would be against the Seattle Seahawks. So a loss or tie. Uh, against the Seahawks by the Steelers would get the Browns in, even if they lose, even if the Browns lose, should the bills lose to Bill Belichick and the Patriots, by the way, congratulations to the Patriots worst win in franchise history to cost them valuable draft slots last week, but. Uh, well, if Bill's leaving, who cares? Right. right? If, if bill's exactly. Leaving, cares? This is the Bill Belichick revenge tour. He's, he's doing to uh, the Patriots what happened to the Houston Texans last year. Um, But should the, uh, the bills lose to the Patriots with the Browns loss, the Browns would still be in the Jaguars. We are big Carolina Panther fans. All of a sudden, if the Browns are unable to beat the jets, because if the Panthers can beat the Jaguars, the Browns are in the playoffs and the fifth and final clinch scenario also involves a potential Browns loss, but It also involves a Houston Texans loss or tie to the Tennessee Titans plus a Colts loss or tie to the Las Vegas Raiders. So there you go. Those are your five very simple, basic Cleveland Browns week 17 playoffs clinch scenarios. All right, can you do me one favor? Outside of
2: the Browns win, can you just name those teams that we're keeping an eye on one more time? And let me sure. update you on what, uh, what they're really kind of playing for.
1: So, again, uh this is uh, should the unthinkable happen uh Thursday night and the Browns do not win.
2: Right, that's unthinkable.
1: We need, we need the Seahawks then to beat the Steelers.
2: Okay, so just so you know, Seahawks are sitting in the seventh spot in the NFC and they are still alive. They have a seventy percent or an eighty-eight percent chance of making the playoffs if they win. They're currently sitting at seventy. If they lose, they're at forty-one. Next team, please.
1: Now, if that doesn't happen, scenario right. number three: need the Patriots to beat the Bills.
2: And the Patriots are a hundred percent out. They are the sixteen team <coughs> in the AFC right now. <coughs> Excuse me, and they are fighting for that top spot uh, in the NFL draft. But that belongs to the Chicago Bears, who have the Panthers spot. At 2-13. and
1: And if that doesn't happen, then we need the Panthers to beat the Jaguars. Uh,
2: Panthers are, again, oh, look at that. We need two of the teams that are sitting at 16 right now, right? We need a Panthers win. That's what you just said? Yes. And the Jags, obviously, as you know, could be the team that we play in the first round of the playoffs. Um, Although, if they lose, their playoff probability drops to 40%. So, okay. Was that one more team?
1: And the most convoluted of all the playoff scenarios.
2: Love the convolution. Keep going.
1: Is a Texans loss or tie to the Titans plus a Colts loss or tie against the Raiders.
2: The Texans, if they lose, they have a 14% chance of making the playoffs. Uh, The Colts, if they lose, they have a 24% chance of making the playoffs.
1: But you know what? I kind of like that first scenario the best. Just beat the Jets and done.
2: Make life easy, my friend, correct?
1: Absolutely. Just just go beat the Jets. Um, you know, it's interesting. Uh, Joe Flacco was uh, asked about uh, playing the Jets, who, by the way, did not pick up uh, a phone. Uh, Do the Jets, it, it, not,
2: if you're a Jets fan, are you not aggravated? Oh, that, they did that is them?
1: beyond malpractice, especially because you're seeing what Joe Flacco did here. But here's the other thing, too. I don't know that Joe Flacco fit with the Jets because like, I, I'm just being real. He wasn't very good. Like, there's a reason nobody called him, right? Right. And it's because they were using his Jets tape against him. And the Jets tape wasn't that great, other than the game against the Browns where he threw those four touchdowns uh, in September of 2022. His Jets tape wasn't really that good, right? So I don't know that the right. Jets would have been a fit. But it, for the purposes of our podcast and purposes of Browns fans, we're going to sit here and make fun of how stupid the Jets are for not calling Joe Flacco because he could have saved their season uh with aaron Rodgers getting hurt and uh you know uh, being done for the year right Right. instead he's come to cleveland in mid-november and he has saved the brown season he's thrown for more yardage in his uh, first four games than any browns quarterback in history he's thrown for more touchdowns uh in four games in his first four games as starting quarterback for the browns than any other quarterback has uh in team history him and amari cooper are just fantastic uh, they, they they've hit on 11 plays of over 30 yards um, they've hit on like four of those plays have gone for over 50 yards including the 75 yard touchdown against Houston there you know this this passing game has become vertical but the Jets look really really stupid and you know Robert Sala was uh, telling New York reporters on Tuesday doing the old well that was an organizational decision and we respect Joe blah 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 but just you know we just decided not to not to do it but You look really, really stupid right now. So it would be absolutely (laughs) awesome if Joe Flacco threw for uh, 300-plus yards in his fourth straight game. By the way, last Browns quarterback to throw for 300 uh, yards in three straight games, Josh McCown in 2015 – last Browns quarterback to throw for 350 in back-to-back games, Josh McCown in 2015, the last Mm -hmm. Browns quarterback to throw for 400 yards in a game. Uh, uh, Picking up a theme here, Josh McCown in 2015. So we'd love to see uh, Joe Flacco throw for four bills uh, and just really light the Jets up. Uh, Now, he downplayed everything. Uh, when uh, we visited with him in the locker room on Tuesday, he took the high road. He just said, hey, stuff happens in this league. You know, it is what it is. And, you know, the only reason it popped into my head is because I got family and friends asking me, hey, are the Jets going to call you? Why haven't they called you? Things like that. Right. But to me, this isn't going to be the Joe Flacco revenge game. You know who I think? Who is- <laughs> yes, the, I do the, know. The revenge yeah. Game? yeah. Elijah know. Moore.
2: Wouldn't it be great to see him have 250 in this one? Oh,
1: man. Because here's the thing. You know, he, you know the Browns traded for him. Uh, they gave up their second-round pick to, to get him from the Jets in March. We visited with him. Now, he did take the high road. Mm-hmm. But I posted the video on my ex-profile, uh, at right or wrong fan. Right. Just look at his face as he's speaking, though. He knows. He wants to light them up. <laughs> He does. And Robert Sala was asked, so why didn't things work out with Elijah Moore? And I'm paraphrasing here, but Sala basically said, ah, that's got to be a conversation for another day.
2: Really? How Which about is- just saying it was an organizational decision, just like you said with Joe Flacco?
1: Well, why wouldn't and you say the same thing? The thing? Because that shows you the different level of respect there, right?
2: Respect right.
1: For Joe Flacco – Maybe not as much respect for Elijah Moore. And I guarantee uh-huh. you, even though Sala didn't say anything inflammatory, it's to your point, Andy, the phrasing, phrasing matters. And in this case, right, with Flacco, right. just organizational decision. We just decided not to do that. Versus, yeah, we can talk about that some other day. So that that's telling you that there's some tea to be spilled, uh in regards to what went down with Elijah Moore in New York. So uh It's definitely, again, Moore didn't say as much, but if you watch the video I posted, you can see it on his face. He is dying to light the Jets up Thursday night. And I'm dying to see it too because we we have not had the Elijah Moore game this year. So what perfect time than on potential playoff clinch night on Amazon Prime.
2: All right, he is Darrell Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. We hope we see you guys all at Cleveland Browns Stadium on Thursday night. We'll have our postgame edition afterwards. Should be an exciting night in Northeast Ohio. The Browns play so well at home, and they've been playing great at home. Let's see if they can continue that. Wear white. The Browns are going to wear their throwbacks, and it's against the Jets, as we reminded of the first primetime game against the Jets. Homer Jones with the big touchdown run on that on the first Monday night football game. So man, it'd be great to have one of the another one of those electric nights as the Browns have a chance to take care of business all by themselves. Win and in. Again, for our producer Meredith Kane, he's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. It is always game day. We'll talk to you immediately following the Browns and Jets.